Um, sometimes when you get a question, you have to first figure out whether it's a question in halacha, a question in hashkafa, a question in etza. And very often when it's a question in etza, it's not enough to just you know think of what we like to say in yeshivas we call a baich svara, you know, just thinking from the gut, but you have to be educated about what the halacha says about an attitude towards something based on halachic sensitivities, and then to give etza based on halachic sensitivities. This week's question is not a pure question in halacha, it is a question in etza, but it's a question in etza that I think has to be educated by the halacha. You'll see what I mean in a moment. I got an email from a guy that I never met who is a rabbi in South America. And uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say what country, a country in South America, I think. I know my geography, I think it's South America. So his, the email read as, uh, this is the same, okay, I, I've gotten interesting stuff from him in the past. He's, he, 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 he saves good stuff, this is only the second email I got from him, and they've both been doozies. <laughs> what? Not with the matzahs, no, no. With the Kohen and the... Yeah, the Sakmi, that guy, yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> right, so... Okay, this time, it's not quite like that. It's not quite like that. But here's what he writes. Dear Rav Leibowitz... Okay, that's me. Um, it's interesting that when, once I started teaching here, I stopped being Rabbi Leibowitz and I became Rav Leibowitz. It's like I got a platinum smicha, you know? Okay, but uh, I don't know why that, why that happens. DRS, I was Rabbi Leibowitz. All right, anyway... How are you doing? Baruch Hashem, doing good. I hope everything is well. I was wondering if I could again take some of your time for an Eitz on a Shaila. Again, if you're too busy, I completely understand. If you ever write that, it means I will not email you back. I haven't, even, I haven't emailed him back yet. So I, I plan on sending him a link to the Shear. So, um, okay. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so it goes as follows. There is, a, there is a very wealthy family over here, self-made millionaires. They are owners of an international company that the husband created a few years ago. Okay? Very rich people. In terms of observance, they have a kosher home, not yet fully Shomer Shabbos. Since the creation of his company, though, Ruuvain, he put it in quotes, so I assume that's a pseudonym, I assume, you know, or whatever that's... Uh, Ruuvain has been very machmir on tzedakah issues, and has always been makvid on giving away more than Meiser. So he's a very wealthy man, and he gives way more than Meiser Ksafim. So that's a great thing, right? Throughout the years, the amount he has given out in donations is considerable, meaning this is an extraordinarily generous person. The Allah is, you're allowed to give more than Meiser, the limit, you're not supposed to give more than 20% of your money, unless you're an Ashir Muflag. An Ashir Muflag is allowed to give more than 20% of his money. Sounds like he's describing an Ashir Muflag, but whatever it is, he gives it, Rav Shachter once, I think I've mentioned to you in the past, Rav Shachter told me once that he gives away more than 20% of his money because he too is an Ashir Muflag. So uh, I, I guess each person has their own definition of uh, what an Ashir Muflag is. I once asked Rav Shachter's son when he came to my shul, I said, uh, you know, how much should we give your father? You know, he doesn't ask for any money. So, like, how much should we give him for coming? He's like, whatever you give him, he's just going to give to the next shnar at the door. <laughs> but, okay, so the, 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 uh, he gives more than, more than his share of uh, tzedakah money. However, every time he signs a check for anything, he makes sure that no plaque or name is ever mentioned publicly with it. And from the outside, therefore, nobody thinks he's a big belt tzedakah. 
in his community where he lives, apparently the minag is everybody makes sure to have things named after their contributions. Meaning people plaster their names on anything and everything. They only give money if their name is going to be associated with it. So this guy is an anomaly. Meaning there are some places where a lot of people give quietly. But apparently where this guy lives, anyone who gives lets it be known that he is given. And this guy is very tsanua about it. He never has his name associated with it. On top of that, his company has an official policy that it does not endorse or sponsor any religious organizations to avoid having the other shareholders give funding to other religious institutions. So it even appears to the community that his, even his, on his business side, they don't do any tzedakah. Because his business doesn't give anything to any of the local religious institutions, and you know even from his business accounts. And the, re- the good reason for that is he has other shareholders in the company that if he's giving to synagogues and yeshivos, they'll be giving to churches and mosques and whatever else. And he obviously doesn't want the profits of his company going to things like that. So he has this policy in his company. He gives this tzedakah secretly. No one knows about this. Lemaisa, I only know this as an insider who's worked with him in the past. But to the outside, he looks rather stingy. A few weeks ago, his name came up in the board meeting of another Jewish institution. So essentially, picture a board meeting of a bunch of big machers sitting around the table, trying to figure out how to benefit the institution that they're serving. And they're thinking about, you know, how do we raise money? Because this is what board members do. And uh, many, the way boards work in many organizations is there's, there's almost like a buy-in that you have to, if you've, if you've shown a lot of dedication to that organization, you are then asked to sit on the board. Dedication is often measured in dollar amounts, uh, not only dollar amounts, but that's it's one of the major uh, considerations in sitting on a board. So a bunch of big machers sitting around trying to figure out how they're going to help whatever institution it is. And someone mentioned this fellow's name. And they said, oh, why don't we call Ruvain and ask him? And then everyone else at the meeting completely disparaged him and said he is stingy, he doesn't give anything, he's not, I don't see his name on a single building, he's the richest guy in town, and he doesn't give anything, don't even bother with him. They all start disparaging him. Word got back to him and it struck him that, uh, you know, that's not right. And at this point he's concerned that he's destroying his reputation and that this can impact the image of his children. Presumably as children uh, that are going to be looking to get married, and, uh, you know, just, he, he does this, or children, even school-age children, he doesn't want other people to think, you know, don't be friends with that one's kid, he's stingy, he's, uh, he's a bad guy, he's not nice. He's considering calling all the organizations, institutions, and buildings that he has funded in the past years to ask for his name to be mentioned. Meaning, like, overnight to have like his name appear like on every building in town because he's really paid for for much of it um and try to save his name what would you advise thank you so much for taking the time to read this have a great job i i, I recall two months ago i think i did have a great job that job so thank you very much okay where do i open up a shulcharach to answer this so obviously it's an eta question right but it's an eta question that has to be educated by the halacha so which halachas would would reflect on how to provide etza in this uh, in this situation. The fifth shulchan. No, come on. There's got to be some real halachas in what? Hilchos. Tzedakah, I would think, would be a big one, right? What? Why? What? What in particular in hilchos tzedakah am I looking for? How much? How important is it to be tzenua in your giving? Um, is it a bad thing to have your name plastered all over buildings? 
Um, right? Because that's his choice. His choice right now is to remain secret or to have his name put all over, put all over the place where everyone could see it. How big of a difference is that in terms of his mitzvah? We want to know what's he sacrificing exactly by having his name associated with his tzedakah. Because if, if it's a total downgrade of his mitzvah, well, that's certainly going to affect how we're going to advise him. If it's not such a major downgrade, or maybe even an upgrade, then, then it will also affect how we advise him in the other direction. Can there be a compromise in some way that, like, one bill, like, one... Oh, so one, once we that. see what the halachic issues are, we can then see if maybe compromise is the most prudent thing to do, which is certainly very likely that it's the most prudent thing... Yeah, very likely it's the most prudent thing to do. Hilchas Lashon Hara, although that's not really relevant to him as much as it is to the other board members. Maybe they should give out as a gift. He should send an anonymous Shmir Salashon Chavetz Chaim set to uh, to each member of the board. Um, although, Lifnei Iver. Why it would be Lifnei Iver? Because it's one thing to not look for credit. But when you're a person who should obviously be giving a lot of money for tzedakah, because you are, you are known as one of the wealthiest people in town, and you give nothing publicly, no one knows about anything that you give, well, and, and you're so, so intensely private about it, um, then maybe that's lift neighbor. It's causing others to say that. Meaning, for example, a person that's supposed to look for credit to try to get people to applaud his every act, you know, you don't like... Uh, uh, one of my children is going through this stage right now where uh, where anytime he doesn't want to do something, you know, good, but he overcomes it, he says, look at what a tzaddik I am. Look how I'm doing this. You know, he's joking, obviously, because, you know, what? No, no, he's, it's his, like, that's his joke, you know, that, like, look what a tzaddik I am. So you're not supposed to do that, right? You're not supposed to, like, uh, hey, everybody, um, I just, uh, you know, had a big taiva to whatever, and I overcame it, and I didn't do anything, or I just did this nice thing. You don't do that. However, you also have to be careful not to make yourself look, like, you, you, you should not give off, purposely give off the impression that you don't eat kosher. Walk around with a McDonald's lunch bag because I don't want people to think I'm a tzaddik, so let everyone think I eat non-kosher. Or let everyone think I'm a mechal Shabbos. You're not supposed to try to make yourself look like a Russia either. So it could be, an, in, in a certain sense, a living naive that of course people are going to say terrible things about you. Like specifically, like, like the study, like by you, by you telling people you're giving, you inspire other people. Ah, so may, so you, you're going back to the stuck issue and saying that that there may be a positive in 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 public giving rather than private giving. So that's that's what the bulk of this year is going to be about: the advantages and disadvantages of public giving versus versus private giving, and then how it plays out how it plays out over here. But but the other issues to keep in mind are lashon hara. Lifneiver, meaning not necessarily lifneiver, but let's say v'isem nikiim, that you should be beyond reproach. You should not cause other people to be suspicious of you. You also have losamel damreacha that nebuch your children shouldn't have to suffer that uh, that they come from such a such a stingy family. So you have that as well. So you, you have you have those factors as well. But primarily, the, the, what we have to figure out is in in terms of dinit staka, did he do right by being so secretive? And what are the advantages and disadvantages of giving? So in general, if I were to ask you before you heard this, Shaila, is it better to give tzedakah secretly or to give tzedakah publicly? You would have said it depends? Meaning in Ani, you're not supposed to embarrass him. Uh, Like an institute that he's giving to, it's not embarrassing to like... Ah. So you're making an assumption that of course everyone knows that you're supposed to to give tzedakah in, in, in a private, secretive way. 
but it's the the only reason, the only reason that that's true is so as not to embarrass the Ani. And if that's the case, it doesn't make any sense when it comes to an institution. Rav Meishe Sturmbach writes this way in the Chuvin Chuvin Sanavus Chel Beis Simon Tav Pei Aleph. He writes exactly that that for for uh, for for an Ani, the only reason you want to give secretly is not to embarrass the Ani, and therefore, when you're giving to an institution, it's not an embarrassment to the institution to have a, to have a name on the building. Not only is it not an embarrassment, I will tell you, it is the greatest covet for the institution. Because the institution says, look, look how many families have bought into our mission. Look how many families have invested in what we stand for, in what we're all about. And that is a great covet, and no one's embarrassed. It's not an, that's the way institutions work. They, they rely on donations, and when they get gvirim to buy into what they're doing, both in a, uh, you know, in, in a figurative and literal sense, to buy into what they're doing, that's, that, that reflects very well. On the on the institution, so it has no busha issue whatsoever. Why do you need to have the names in the buildings? Though you could say like we got the money from a lot of people. Yeah, well, giving a clap on the beam and announcing it doesn't have the same effect. I remember when I was a kid, the the um, there was a boy in my class, two boys in my class, whose last name was Ustreicher. Now The Ustreicher family are very close to the Munkatcher Hasidim. They are Munkatcher Hasidim. They're very close to the Munkatcher Rebbe. So when, when each Ostreicher put on film for the first time, they brought us to Munkach. And, and, and we knew that their family was close to Munkach, but when you saw that big Munkacher building that said Binyan Ostreicher, we were like, okay, wow, that's, you know. So it, 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 not everyone's going to hear the clap on the bima, not everyone's going to know about it, and it's just, it makes an impression when, when you see the name. It's also something you see, if you're, if you're a member of that institution, you see it daily. You see it all the time. It's like that family is associated with that with that place, and uh, you know it, it, it makes an impression. It also could help the institution in terms of we know that like it, it's like an advertising. It's like those dinners, like they have always the, the rich, at least someone rich or whatever is being honored. It's because they know people and they can help the institution somehow. So I think it also adds when you have the name. The, the name will be helpful to get to draw others in as well. Definitely true. Let's go through some of the uh, halachas over here. The, the Ramah se- seems to say two things in a row that are... Actually, before we even get to that, there are eight levels. The Shulchan Aruch outlines, Ramah outlines, the eight levels of, of tzedakah. Simen Reish Mem Tassim from Se'if Vav to Se'if Yud Gimel goes through the eight, the eight levels. Se'vav, Shmona Maila Se'esh B'Tzedakah Zulam Alamizu. Maila Hagidola She'en Lamala Mimena. What's the top best way to give tzedakah? Give him a job. Yeah, give him a parnasa. Teach a man to fish. That's the, uh, as the proverb, I don't know, as, as it goes, right? You give him a, uh, you teach him how to be self-sufficient, and that's the greatest thing you could ever you could ever do. Teach him a job? I mean, you teach him a job, or like... You, Get him a job, whatever. Give him, give him the ability to be self-sufficient, however you do it. Give him the ability to be self-sufficient. Um... He should get to the point where he doesn't have to ask, he doesn't have to worry about where his money is coming from. A level below that. A double anonymous giving. The Ani has no idea who he's getting it from. The person who's giving it has no idea who he is giving it to. That is the best. Uh, similar to, he says, Vakarov Laza, no sin the Kupa Shotstaki. Put something in the Stucker box, and you have no idea exactly who it's going to. The person who's getting it has no idea who put the money in the Stucker box. There's a guy I know that comes to me every Erev Yantif, and he says, uh, 
uh, you know, my family is going to enjoy a very nice yantif with good food and uh, nice clothing. I want to sponsor another family's yantif. Find a family that can use a good yantif. Here's money for, for them because I can't. If, if I'm going to be having a good yantif, we want to make sure that we're making someone else have, have a nice yantif as well. And that's, that's the. So he has no idea which family I'm finding and giving it to. And the family that I'm finding and giving it to has no idea who, who their benefactor is. That is the second highest level of tzedakah. That is fabulous. Third highest level, pachos mizeh, sheyodeah hanosim. See, I would have written it in the opposite direction. You know, you keep saying unless, unless. I like you know, build up. You know, but top ten, pachos mizeh. She, you ever see a top ten that counts from number one to number ten? No, they always count number ten, number nine. Okay, pachos mizeh, sheyodeah hanosim leminosim. Okay, now. If double anonymous giving is the second best way, the third best way is going to be single anonymous giving, meaning one side knows about the other, but the other one doesn't know about the one, right? Which side should sacrifice the anonymity for level three? And which side sacrifices the anonymity for level four? Meaning, level three and level four are going to be either the giver doesn't know who the taker is or the taker doesn't know who the giver is. Which, which is more important? Is it more important that the giver should know or more important that the taker should know? So the Shulchan Aruch says, The giver knows, but the taker has no idea. Why? So that's obviously because of the busha. But why is the value at all that the giver not know? Why does that matter at all that the giver has no idea who he's giving it to? And therefore... Yeah, but he has no idea that, that he took from me. I'm saying, what I'm asking is, if the taker has no idea who gave it to him, why does it matter if the giver knows who he gave it to? Why is that even a factor? And apparently it is. It's a factor. Because it's the level below that. Level five is going to be where they both know each other. You don't know how much of an army he is. In certain cases, when you know, when you know, when, when you know the person... You you will say it doesn't matter, like depending on who it is is how much I'm going to give. If you don't know and you give it an exorbitant amount, only they're on on different levels. So the, yeah, like, the so. amount you're giving, you're not knowing how actually poor it is. But you're going to give it a monoshaf no matter how poor it is. So Meaning when you know who it is, it might it might stifle your giving a little bit. You might give less because you're like ah oh, I I saw he has he he's, drives a car that was made in the last fifteen years. You know like it's not as poor as. You know, or something like that. You'll you'll start making chesbonos. Yeah. Whereas if you have no idea who you're giving it to, you're not going to make chesbonos. You know that this is tzedakah. This is for someone who uh, who you're really needs. What? You're not you're not thinking. It's just like okay, it's tzedakah. I need to do it. I need to do it. Good. If you know who it is, you might be willing to give more separately, like at a different time, also, and just continue giving to that person. But we're trying to say why knowing who it is is worse. That it's better to not know who it is. Right? The Shulchan says it's better to not know who it is than to know who it is. So it could be that it's going to stifle your giving if you know, because you'll start judging how much he really needs. What is it? Or it could just also be like, it's not good for you. Every time you see that person, you'll be like, yeah, that person's, that person's okay because of me. You know, and you just like feel a certain sense of pride, which maybe isn't the healthiest thing. You also may feel that that person knows you. You know, even though he doesn't know that he owes you. So it, it, it's just sometimes better that he also, um, 
it, it may be it, it may be uncomfortable to know who uh, who who's in need. You know, I know of certain cases where I've had to raise money for people from their own good friends, and their good friends had no idea that these people needed money, and they had no idea that that's where the money went, and th- that it was best that way, because even though the recipient has no idea that he's getting anything, you know, sometimes we do it in a way where. The recipient, you know, all of a sudden the yeshiva gave him a massive tuition break where he doesn't have to pay tuition, where the yeshiva didn't really do that, but his friends, you know, covered it for him, uh, things, things of that nature. Um, so, so it's just it's better for the relationship. Okay, but that is level level three is sheyodeha nosin minosin, but the ani has no idea who he took it from. Level four yodeha ani miminota minosin. Level five. That you give the poor person before he even asks. That you see, it looks like you're, you're keeping an eye out. Someone looks like they need something, you do it before they even ask. In general, that's in chesed in general. Forget about tzedakah. In all types of chesed, that's a very high level of chesed. To do something before, before you're even asked to do it. Um, meaning, it's, it's much better if you're home and you take out the garbage before your mother says take out the garbage. Right? Much better to do things without being asked. That you do it after being asked, but you do it right. You give him everything he needs. The person says, I have $100,000 of medical bills. I don't know what I'm going to do. And you take out $5 from your wallet and you give it to him with a smile on your face and you say, the Rebbe should bless you and give you much hatzlacha. So it's, it's great and very nice of you. And it is a mitzvah of tzedakah, but you gave him less than, way less than he really needs. And pachos mizeh sheitim lo beitzav that you give it to him, you know, get out of my face, and you just give him a few dollars, and that's it. So that's that's the lowest level of stuck. Fine. These are the the levels of tzedakah. But what we see from here is that that secrecy in tzedakah is a very good thing. Anonymity in tzedakah is a very good thing. It's 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 one of the top milos to look for when dealing with tzedakah. Tom Cheshabbos, these kinds of things where you can give things secretly and people can receive without, uh, without being embarrassed is very, very good. Now, what the, the problem is the Ramah, right after Shulchan Aruch says all that, the Ramah seems to say two things that are contradictory. First, Ramah writes, Va'al kol panim lo yispa'er ha'adam A person shouldn't take pride, arrogance, shouldn't feel too good about himself, for the tzedakah that he's given. If he takes pride in it, not only does he not get a reward for that, he's going to get punished for that. Quoting from the Smag, quoted in Beit Yosef. And that, so, on the one hand, Ramah says, don't take credit for it. And then, the very next words. You're allowed to write your name on something that you give, that you donate, so that it will be a zikaron, that everyone will realize that you gave it. And not only are you allowed to, vira'oi la'asos came. It's the appropriate thing to do. What is going on? Is it, is it not good to, to get credit for your tzedakah? Is it good to get credit for your tzedakah? So let's discuss. Why is it valuable to remain anonymous? So most fundamentally is what we've already pointed out. Why is it valuable to remain anonymous? You don't want to embarrass the guy. It's very embarrassing. A person knows that uh, somebody's been giving him tzedakah. Second reason why it's valuable to remain anonymous, alluded to in this Ramah. 
you want to avoid midos ra'os, you want to avoid, avoid bad midos. Gaiva is just such a mida, is about the worst of the bad midos. It is the aviavos hatuma of midos mugunos mushchasos. You want to stay away from gaiva. A person is likely to feel a sense of gaiva when, uh, when he gets credit for giving tzedakah, when he knows who he's given to, when they know who they've gotten from. So that's what you want to avoid. Uh, even though there is a Gemara Masech Beitzad of Tezvav Amnal that tells us that when you give a matana to somebody, you're supposed to let them know that you gave it to them. And there are certain mitzvahs where it could be you're only makayim the mitzvah if the person knows that you gave it to them, like Mishlach Manos, for example. So it's dafka about them knowing that you gave it to them, but that's not tzedakah. It's a different kind of relationship. Meaning it's not embarrassing for my wife if I happen to pick something up for her, a little, uh, little present or something for her. It's not embarrassing like, oh gosh, I can't believe it. Now I'm, now I'm feeling indebted to you. She knows that she's like winning on the scorecard by like a lot. So it's not at all embarrassing for her to, uh, to receive an adra. But what does it do? It creates a sense of ava. It creates a, what Shalach Manos is supposed to do, right? It creates a sense of ava, achmerayus, all these good things, all these wonderful things. That we, that we look for. It would be, you know, if let's say I know that my wife likes a certain type of candy bar and I happen to be in the store and they have that candy bar there and it's not so easy to find, now I pick one up for her and I buy it for her. If, if, if someone just like randomly like leaves her a candy bar and she has no idea who it is, it's not nearly as meaningful as knowing that, you know, I was thinking of her and I picked it up because I was thinking of her. So that's, that, that's, that has nothing to do with tzedakah. So let's just get that out of the way. So, so far, two reasons. Why is anonymity important? It's anonymity on the side of the, anonymity on the, side of the recipient is important to save him busha. Anonymity on the side of the giver is important to save him gaiva. Third possible reason is ayin hara. How, how does one avoid ayin? What is ayin hara? What is it? What's, what's the mechanism? How does it? I can't know exactly how it works, but what's the idea? Ah, right. That you're only going to find bracha in that which is hidden from the eye. Why? So the idea basically is that if you flaunt your successes and people see your success, they start to get jealous. And any time that that causes jealousy up in Shemayim, they, they start to say, well, wait a second. It is causing so much ill will and so much jealousy. Does this guy really deserve all this bracha? And it, it, it takes a new din, and everything's reassessed. It's a kitruk up in Shemayim. So how do you get around Ayin Hara? Uh, secret, it has nothing to do with a red string on your wrist. How does one avoid Ayin Hara? That's how to do Darkei Amori. How does one avoid Ayin Hara? Tzniyas. So Tzniyas. You, uh, you don't show off what you have, and that's how to avoid Ayin Hara. Putting your name all over the place every time you give tzedakah could be a concern that, you know, it's flaunting one's success. You know, if you have your name on buildings, everyone sees you must have a lot of money. And that's, uh, that's something that, that could cause a certain amount of jealousy. I was just talking to someone recently who was approached by a major Jewish publisher of, uh, of Hebrew-English Svarim that's uh, embarking on a, uh, on a pr- in middle of a major project in publishing a certain sefer. And they, they approached this fellow, very close friend of mine, who's fairly successful in his businesses, and asked him to sponsor you know, a certain uh, volume of their uh, publication. 
and they said it's going to be a huge seller. Like this is going to be, it's going to be huge. So many people are going to learn from this volume of the publication. And he said, you know what? I, I believe you. I know it will be. I, I don't want my name on, 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 on things. I just, I'm uncomfortable with my name out there. And I know this fellow. I'm very close with this fellow. He do, he's just very uncomfortable standing out, having his name appear with things. Like, and, and this is part of the reason. He doesn't want people to see his success. So whatever he gives, he really tries to, you know, to, to keep it very moderate, not the amount that he gives, but the amount of credit that he gets for giving. So if he donates something major to, uh, to his shul, he doesn't want any credit. He doesn't want it announced at all. Um, if, uh, for example, uh, uh, there was a, a dinner at, 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 at his shul, and uh, they, you know, they have different levels of pages. You know, for five hundred dollars, you get a full page ad. For six hundred dollars, you get this kind of you know, silver page, gold page, platinum page. You know, so he was giving at the level that would have earned him a, you know, a very high level uh, page in the journal. But he would have been like the only one, meaning, or the one of two people that were on. It. So he gave that amount and asked for a regular full page ad. He didn't want to ask for nothing because if he has no ad. Everyone knows that he has a business and he's fairly successful. And they say, well, he couldn't give anything. You know, so he didn't ask for nothing, but he didn't want an amount that reflected what, what he didn't want a page that reflected what he actually gave. So the, the, the publisher told him that they have a Kabbalah from Ramesha Feinstein that it, when it's about Talmud Torah, there's no Ayinara. That, you know, Schottenstein can plaster their name all over everyone's Gemara, <laughs> and it's not an Ayinara for their family. When, it's, when, it's, when it comes to Talmud Torah, it's going to be the greatest source of pride and it's not going to cause any tsaras. And that convinced him. That sold him at it. And he, was, he, was, he went and he sponsored the volume. He had a couple of from Malaysia like that. He was willing to, uh, to, to go for it. Good. Sayin Hara is the third issue. Um, fourth issue is that it, also, it just puts a person under a microscope. You know, that, that guy has his name associated with the yeshiva. Do you know what that guy does? You know, I've, I've seen that guy, you know, just puts, forget about the Ayin Hara of his success, it's just like, you know, you have to live up to a certain standard, very much like serving on the board of an institution or as the president of an institution, you're sort of the face of that institution, and when you don't live up to that standard, I remember, what was it, the, the Los Angeles Clippers had, right, Sterling, right, they had that owner who was like a, what was he, a racist or something? Or I don't know what he did. Whatever it was. I remember it was scandalous. Whatever it was. So, he was, so there was a yeshiva in Los Angeles that like had like the, the entrance of the yeshiva was the Donald Sterling Pavilion or something. And they didn't know what to do. Like, can you keep... When, 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 now, I don't think anyone would care. But at the time, when it was at the height of the controversy, it was like, it was embarrassing. So I don't know what they did or didn't do, but some, I remember someone telling me this. But that's that's an, that's an issue. A lot of times, people may not want. It may be best to keep it secret because you don't want to be subject to such scrutiny. So those are four reasons to keep to keep things secret: busha, gaiva, ayin hara, and just living under a microscope. So what's it been like if in a shul they have bidding for like Marshall Yom Kippur? Is there like? Uh, so let's discuss the flip side now. Meaning, what's the benefit of having your name out there? Not a halacha, no. An uh, Or a concern. That's a legitimate concern that people have. The Ramah writes in Reish Mem Tassif Yudgim, like I told you, Misha Makdish Tavl Tzedakah, Mutur Lo Shich Lo Shema Olav. Pizchichuva happens to say, by the way, that, uh, yeah, you're allowed to have your name written on it, 
but that's only if you actually gave the money or you physically built the thing. But if you're just a hacker that, you know, you know oh, this guy, da, da, that guy knows that guy, and you put things together, which are very helpful people to have who are able to do that, but it doesn't get your name on a building. You know, your name shouldn't be on the building. Don't worry, everyone knows who you are anyway if you're, if you're that guy, but uh, it, won't, it won't put your name on the, on the building. So what's the advantage of getting your name on, on, on the building, putting your name on the building? So I think there are four advantages that we find in, in, in either in Svarim or in Common Sense. First of all, it could have, and this is just a common sense one, um, people tend to be suspicious when massive amounts of money are poured into to something. And they start to think, oh, was that money gained honestly? Where did that money really come from? Sometimes it could keep an institution above reproach if everyone knows, oh, okay, they got that money from this big gvir who decided to give to them. And there wasn't any shtick. It wasn't, uh, you know, God forbid, stealing from, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, lunch money, government, uh, whatever, <laughs> programs or, you know, things like that. You know that there's a name. Okay, that's where the money came from. And you have, so it could, it could keep away any concern of, uh, of, of chashad, of tainted money. Or it could <laughs> confirm concerns of chashad, of tainted money. Okay. Se- second... The, the Taz writes in Yerodei and Simon Reishman Taz Sivkat and Dalit that it, it's also a way to, to ensure that the money's not misappropriated. Meaning, not, not that Simon's right, I said that wrong. The Taz writes that, let's say a building like this, okay? Someone gave a lot of money to build a building like this. They built it to be yeshiva. They built it to have Torah and tefillah and college and whatever else happens, you know, uh, in, in this, this building. What if one day someone were to say, you know what, let's take this building. This, this would be an excellent, like, uh, I don't know, uh, health spa facility, you know, where like, you know, we'll just buy it and we'll just change the whole thing. We'll change the whole thing. We'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll stop with the, all the Torah stuff. And instead, we'll be a uh, university that trains, uh, I don't know, some whatever, and just changes the whole mission of the institution, the whole everything. When there are no names associated with it, it's easier to get away with that than when there are names that are associated with the place. Because if everyone knows this family is associated with this building, you're not doing anything until you consult with that family. And the Taz writes, that's, that's a consideration. Meaning, by, it, it attaches a certain level of permanence to the mission that that family was donating toward. So that's, that's one, a second reason. To have, to have a name on the building. Third reason, really prima, the primary reason, the Ramah is quoting from Chuvas Rashba. Chuvas Rashba was asked about a person who wanted his name on a shul, and the community said no. And the, they asked the Rashba what the right thing to do is, and the Rashba was like, I don't know, my shul we put names on the shul. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're not going to win that Chuva when the Rashba, you know, that's like the first line of the Rashba. And the Rashba says, you know, we have to learn how to act as Jews by how the Torah behaves. And the Torah likes to publicize when mitzvahs are done. And it's therefore our responsibility when someone does a mitzvah, it, whether he should want it or not is irrelevant. It's our responsibility to publicize it. We should want to help publicize his good deeds. And therefore we should want to put the names up the Rashba writes. And it's a fascinating tshuva because he doesn't really explain why, but he says, you know the famous medrash about Ruvain, Ilu Ruvain, If Ruvain would have known that the Torah was going to report that he's going to save Yosef, He would have lifted him up on his shoulders and schlepped him to his father. 
If Aaron would have known that the Torah was going to say that after he was bypassed for the leadership and Moshe was given it, that he went and he was Samach Belibo and he was happy with Moshe, if he would have known the Torah was going to say it, he would have come with a parade. He would have started playing music, a band, everything. Says the Rashi, well, why? why? Because sometimes when you know that people are paying attention, you do it better. People do, and the Torah wants to be mefarsing that. So that's a good thing. And he says that's the, the minag in, 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 for Dori Doros. It's been the minag Yisrael that that's what we do. Now, it also has the benefit of motivating other people. Not only that, that it, makes, it makes you want to do the mitzvah better, it makes other people want to do the mitzvah. That guy's name is on the building. I'm richer than that guy. You know, if, if, if he could afford to do that, then I should be able to do that also. You know how many people opened up an art scroll, Talmud, you know, a volume of the Talmud, saw their neighbor's name on it, and was like, wait a second, he could afford to do that? I could do that too. That's a great idea. I want my name associated with the volume of the Talmud. It's a, it's a great idea. So it encourages other people to give. Um, Rav Sturbach in Shuvah Svan Haggis adds that it also will encourage one's children to appreciate how their family values giving because if your name is associated with something your children will always know that and, and they'll buy into it and Rabbi Zlatowicz told a friend of mine from Artsburg, Rabbi Zlatowicz from Artsburg told a friend of mine that they find that when a family dedicates a sefer their children become like very attached to that limud they learn that safer. They become like that's that becomes like that's their family safer. And that's a very special thing to be able to have. You know how bound up the uh, bound, I guess, is a, you know, a too coincidental term or whatever. But you know how, how connected the Schottenstein family feels toward the Talmud? I don't know the Schottensteins from Adam. All I know is I was in Columbus this past summer for a day. And uh, the only kosher food is at the Schottenstein office in their cafeteria. Delicious. Anyway, if you know someone who works there, thank God I do. But in Ohio State, there's the Schottenstein Center. Their basketball stadium is the Schottenstein Center. There's a wall dedicated to the Talmud in the Ohio State basketball arena. Like, who cares about the Talmud in the Ohio? But the, anything that has their family name on it is going to have the Talmud. Because that's, that's what they're connected with. And that, that's a very special thing. So it creates that sense of connectedness. Um, it also has another another value that, that I wouldn't have thought of on my own, and that is the following, that someone told me that their father is a president of a shul in New Jersey, and the shul is struggling for money, and you know they're try, trying to pay the rabbi and the youth director and the electric bill and everything else, and the, the, uh, the, the, the uh, lawn outside the shul is in total disarray. And someone came to the president of the shul and said, how do you let the lawn look disgusting like that? He's like... We don't have enough money to pay for everything. Guy said, I'm sponsoring landscaping. I'm going to give you a check for whatever. It's going to sponsor the landscaping. So they took the money and they did the landscape. This guy took care of it himself. He paid for the landscaping. They have beautiful landscaping. Now, president said he never got more complaints than after that happened. What are you paying for nice landscaping for? Why is Mom and I just going to pay for landscaping? I'm paying membership or whatever. And you come in and you ask me for money. And it's going to landscaping. Having a name associated with it will let people know that it wasn't their money that was going to that. 
So they can know that their money wasn't for some extravagance, wasn't for some, that their money is going for the basic needs. So that might be another, another benefit. At the end of the day, is it okay to give secretly to an institution? It's okay to give secretly. It's a mysticidical. Is it okay to give publicly and have your name put on the building? Absolutely. It's a befer shiramach, a sarashba, and there may be great value in doing that. So now we're dealing with someone who was giving secretly, but he was giving probably too secretly, to the point where he was ruining his own reputation, and your reputation is not your own to ruin. A person's not supposed to ruin his own reputation. You know, the famous line of the Chavetz Chaim about speaking Lashonara about oneself. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to make yourself look bad. So probably giving too secretly. So what should he do? So I asked Rav Zilberstein. Rav Zilberstein said he thinks he should keep on giving secretly. Let them say what they say. I think I asked Rosilus, you know, I can't, maybe I didn't. Maybe it was a different Shaila that he said, let them say what they say. What was last week's Shaila? No, there's no, another one. There was another one where he said, uh, let them say what they say. Let the uh, morons be morons. Was it this Shaila? I don't remember. No, 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 there's another one. Maybe it was this one, maybe it was this one where he said, uh, people are going to say what they say, let them, oh, no, 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 that was another one. Uh, maybe we'll do it one week. Uh, it was a different Shaila. Okay, I don't know if I asked him this one. It was a different, I remember what it was. Um, what about his kids? So, so I asked Rav Shachter, I asked Rav Shachter, Rav Shachter said that, first of all, Mikam Yisrael, that these are the kinds of Shailas, that a person is doing such a nice tzitkas and now he's just concerned about. So he said he should publicize a certain amount, but not all, a percentage of what he gives. Meaning, like this guy that I told you about that I'm friends with, he didn't say, don't put my name in the journal. He said, put my name on a regular page in the journal. You don't have to put my name in bright lights. So he said, he should make it look that he's not stingy without letting everyone know the full extent of his tzedakah. My brother had, had, had an interesting etza. My, my brother said um, he, he should have each of the places that he's given 20, 30, 50,000 dollars to and have them call up all these uh, big machers that were sitting at this meeting, have the organizations call up and say, listen, Ruven gave us a donation for $50,000. He thought you'd want to be mishtatet in uh, the mitzvah also. You know, it's like sort of set the bar with Ruven. Like that would be like that they would realize, oh my gosh, they have one organization after another. But that doesn't really solve the problem because that would solve the problem of the board members knowing. But if they're, they're a microcosm of probably the community, I meaning probably the whole community thinks he's a stingy person. So just informing them without like, doing things a little bit more publicly, a little bit in a way where people can know that, uh, that you're giving. Probably that's, that's Rosh Hashanah's is the, is the best Eitzah. Okay, everyone, have a wonderful Shabbos.